0: Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer all lowercase that's shopify.com slash special offer
0: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go
2: to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You are listening to Keep Canada
3: Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast.
4: Hello,
0: listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is a series in which my pal Aaron Airport and I present a curated collection of offbeat news stories that played out across Canada over the past week. In tonight's episode, which was recorded on January 9th of 2024, Aaron and I again are left baffled by the absurdity of this great nation. Tonight, we're going to consider the horrific consequences of Mickey Mouse dipping his family-friendly toes into the public domain. We'll hear a cautionary tale that showcases the unexpected way a vehicle's license plate could have you killed. And we'll second-guess our prior decision to explore weird American news. And it's all the fault of a Massachusetts woman who may or may not have poisoned her husband to be with someone who may or may not be a soap opera star. Let's get into it. handsome Aaron airport it's that time of the week buddy we're here for one reason one reason only it's not to talk about your week it's not to talk about the weather it is to keep canada weird (laughs) thanks for showing your uh you're trying to match my my enthusiasm
5: yeah yeah i was i guess i wasn't really consciously trying to do that
0: but i guess i just did i got you fired up but uh everything i said was bs anyway we are here to keep canada weird but i do want to hear about your week and what's new with you so let me just ask aaron how are things what's up what is
5: up well i returned to work i was on my holiday break which Mm -hmm. ended yesterday Mm
0: -hmm.
5: yesterday was my first day back so waking up was absolute unadulterated
0: torture yeah it's like the monday to end all mondays right and it's weird because
5: I would wake up roughly the same time anyway throughout the holiday break. It's just when you have to get up, it's a mm. whole different ball ballgame, yeah. a whole different feeling. And so anyway, yeah, I, I, I woke up yesterday and I made it. I made it to work. I survived. Yeah. Good. And then I did it again today.
0: Yeah. I don't really have any tales of woe like that. I've had a pretty average week, business as usual business as usual
5: that's a good thing to report
0: yeah let's get into the business we're here to keep Canada weird and we got a rather intriguing collection of stories but let's not start with the stories we got a lot of listener voice memos uh, mm-hmm. I've, I think I've learned a, learned a little bit of a hack on how to get a lot of voicemails and that is to make mistakes
5: oh absolutely I thought you were gonna say provide a quality show
0: but... no if you make mistakes you're more likely to get like corrections than you are to get like, I don't know. People just
5: can't help themselves. (laughs) They they can't even focus on their family or their careers when we mispronounce something or get a fact wrong or Mm -hmm. whatever it is Mm -hmm. on this show. And then it sits with them all week and then they can't continue on any further with their lives until they, correct us in a voice memo
0: yeah this is actually a good correction though it's uh it's one that I wouldn't have known last week we talked about who was um who is purported to be Canada's uh worst impaired driver the man with Canada's record for impaired driving correct uh, convictions we talked about a guy last week who had 21 of those convictions I think his name was Roy Hyde uh, we have a listener named Craig. provide us a bit of an update craig sent us a voice memo through the website the audio is a little crappy but rather than just tell you what he said i want to include his voice on the show because he did dig up a fascinating story
5: hey jordan i saw you posted a story of perhaps the most prolific hair driver
0: i think
6: terence Noggle is canada's worst
0: okay it kind of cuts off there but what he says is I saw that you posted about who is purported to be Canada's worst impaired driver, but I think Terence Noggle is worse. I never, I like the name Terence Noggle didn't ring a bell, but once I started Googling, I'm like, oh, I forgot about this guy. Uh, I'll just read you a short thing here he's a Nova Scotia man who had at least 22 impaired driving convictions. And I say at least because I couldn't keep track of it. I was going through all these articles about him. A lot of them were CBC, and they were citing a number saying at least 20, over 20. Uh, I found one court document that showed his 22nd conviction. So I know he had at least 22, which beats Roy Hyde's 21. Uh, In Terrence Noggle's case, there will not be any more convictions. He actually died in prison in 2020 while serving a 15-year prison sentence for impaired driving, as well as a slew of other charges that went along with it. But correction to last week's episode, Roy Hyde is not Canada's most prolific drunk driver or impaired driver. Terrence Noggle has not beat by at least one conviction. If anyone out there knows someone who has more than 22 impaired driving convictions, let us know.
5: Well, first off, Roy Hyde's not finished yet
0: that's what I was thinking
5: so he is going to prison now or is in prison I can't remember yeah he's going he's
0: going for the next I think five-ish years
5: five-ish years I think I remember which which story. in Canada
0: means about six months so
5: yeah so he'll be out and you know he could be out after now. his after his slap on the wrist he'll be out yeah. and then he'll be behind the wheel again impaired absolutely I guarantee it. And also we should clarify uh we're on the borderline here of probably being misinterpreted as celebrating this. We absolutely are not. Oh, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, let's make that clear.
5: So we want to make that distinction that we're not encouraging or celebrating these uh records of, of impaired no. driving. Um just just something that we're talking about on the show. Uh, we do not support that type of behavior.
0: Certainly far from supported, We frown upon it. It is not a record that anyone wants to have. Um, for me, it's again, I said this last week, it says more about our criminal justice system than it does about the prolific drunk drivers or impaired drivers or whatever. Um, the fact that someone can continue to make, you know, to put people's lives at risk, uh, it's mind boggling, but anyway, let's move on. I just wanted to get that correction right up front. We're not perfect.
5: No, no, no. Some closer to perfection than others, but mm. well, the uh, two of us, yeah. Okay, Let's I'll just it leave that. it at that. You know, yeah, the, me too. let the let the the listening audience decide <laughs> yeah, yeah, for own themselves emotionally. Uh, <laughs> and if they want to leave a voicemail to say who they think is closer to perfection, you or I, mm. we'll we'll entertain that.
0: Okay. We'll see where that goes let's get into it here i have other voice memos that include maybe include corrections we'll get to them throughout the episode but let's move on to a story that i'm dying to get into with you and that is the story of mickey Mouse entering the public domain in the steamboat willie form are, are you like you're not really a disney head as far as i know you've have you been to disney world
5: i haven't been to disney world but i'm quite familiar with all
0: of their products. Okay, you know who Mickey Mouse is obviously. <laughs> I'm aware
5: of Mickey Mouse and I'm aware of Steamboat Willie, I think his name is, is that? Yeah,
0: the... I I wasn't aware of Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie was a short that came out like a short animated piece that came out in 1928 by Disney and it had the first appearance of Mickey Mouse, although he looks a little bit different than what we know. As uh, as modern day um, modern day Mickey Mouse, so the, the the biggest difference is steam, the steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse. His ears aren't as big as and as prominent as current day Mickey Mouse. He has solid, I think, black eyes rather than pupils, which gives him a little bit of a different look. And he's not wearing the gloves and kind of the trademark shorts that modern day Mickey Mouse is wearing. What kind of happened was his he first appeared in Steamboat Willie. And over the years, he's been kind of modernized. Uh, and his look has been changed. And with every kind of change in appearance, the, the copyright for that particular image or that version of him uh, kind of starts anew, but long story short is as of January 1st, 2024, the 1928 short film, Steamboat Willie, and the Mickey Mouse that it contains has entered the public domain, which means it, there is no copyright associated with it. You can use it for whatever the heck you want to use it for.
5: Mm-hmm. So get ready pornography industry uh well <laughs> the, the, the day you've been
0: waiting for is here i'm sure it's coming but that's not why we're talking about it it uh the mickey mouse as a result of this copyright lapse uh, has allowed mickey mouse to appear in content that disney would never put him in and that is going to lead to our first story we'll just call this mickey's Mouse Trap, i guess
7: Finally tonight, you might know him as a beloved children's character, but a Canadian horror director has other ideas. The Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse entered the public domain in the new year, and already a trailer has been released for a slasher film called Mickey's Mouse Trap. It's partly inspired by a Winnie the Pooh-inspired horror movie released last year. After the beloved bear entered the public domain, director Jamie Bailey, who's originally from Cape Breton but now lives in Toronto, says the horror genre is the perfect way to reimagine these characters.
6: This is obviously not a movie that Disney would make, and you, you would think that uh, you know you would never see this happen, right? So. I think just the novelty of it is just, it piques everyone's interest right off the bat. Like I think the Winnie the, Win- the Pooh really struck a nerve. So just seeing your beloved childhood character going around murdering people, it's just kind of just fun.
7: There's no release date yet as Bailey is still in talks with distributors, but he hopes to have Mickey Mouse Trap released by March.
0: Mickey Mouse is going to be starring in a slasher film. I think that's, uh, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, As it said in that news clip, the exact thing happened with Winnie the Pooh when Winnie the Pooh hit public domain last year. There was, I think it was called Pooh, Blood and Honey was the horror movie that came out with a Winnie the Pooh character.
5: Yeah, I remember when that happened and it's, and, and the first people across the finish line with these, you know, the first people to get their product out uh, you know, quickly enough, like the you know the Winnie the Pooh slasher film, mm-hmm. and now the the Steamboat Willie slash Mickey Mouse slasher film. Uh, if you're the first, if you're the first to cross the finish line with it, then you're going to get all the attention yeah. over it. Like after a while, and, and and people release more things after that, it's not as interesting, it's not as newsworthy. So the people who do it first get all of the
0: attention over it yeah the character just became public domain just a little over a week ago if they're releasing or like announcing and have this movie completed now they must have been filming it for at least a year in an- in anticipation for the um, copyright oh, to plus the
5: writing of it, and I yeah. mean, there's a lot of there's a, there's years in the in the making of a of a film like that.
0: I have a feeling they probably saw the success of the Pooh, the Winnie the Pooh horror movie, and we're like, we got to do that with Mickey Mouse. It's hitting public domain, you know, next year. Let's hustle mm-hmm. and get this done. But they have the movie done; they're already promoting it. Now they're just trying to find somewhere to release it, and certainly this. Um, surge of attention they're getting by being first ones out of the gate is um, i'd be shocked if it's not going to lead to like a you know a netflix or one of these types of people you know throwing money at you know getting this movie out there because people will want to see it just because of the novelty as jamie bailey the director says in that news clip
5: yeah it's certainly a novelty it it doesn't interest me artistically at all uh i don't really see the merit in it but Uh, it,
0: um, it does me it does for me i I think just the the juxtaposition of like Mickey Mouse, this beloved character that is associated for most people, at least with this family friendly uh, franchise and corporation, like to see it portrayed in a horror movie and throw that whole thing on its head. I think that's cool. I will watch this movie when I get a chance. And I'm especially interested to find out that the director is a is from Cape Breton, is from Glace Bay, where you're from, basically.
5: Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that. I I I remember reading that he was Canadian, but I didn't know he was yeah, from Glace you know, Bay. just down the street from me. But uh, I'm so surprised you don't know this guy. I don't know this guy. No, I know. Uh, once I heard he was from Cape Breton, I'm like, I don't recognize the name uh, yeah. at all, but. What I'm going to be interested to see, what I'm mostly interested in with pieces like this is at what point do they access does someone accidentally cross the line Mm. in terms of infringing on the current copyright Mm -hmm. images that Disney would, would have ownership over. So when you look at Steamboat Willie and, and, and the pictures, it would be a very fine line that you would have to walk to make sure that you're not accidentally infringing on any of the current copyrights.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's more than infringing. It's, if you even get close, Disney is going to come after you like this. um, This version of Mickey entering the public domain is something that Disney has been fighting viciously against for years uh, in the United States. it's it seems Willie has been close to entering the public domain many times uh, since 1928 when it was put out. But most recently there was, and this is talking about uh, US law, that there's something passed in the United States in 1998 called the Copyright Term Extension Act, which was released just before this would have hit the public domain back in 98 um this bill was passed and because of that people call it the Mickey Mouse Protection Act that's like what people mm. call this bill cuz it was passed and and advocated for by by Disney they did something similar in the 70s as well to try to prevent this from happening um so they like disney have a an army of lobbyists and i'm sure if you even get close to infringing on their their mickey mouse trademark with horror or a porno or something like that, oh my God, they're coming after you, no question.
5: Absolutely. And they will crush, they like
0: Disney would crush a film agency, like whoever is putting this together, if they if they wanted to.
5: Yeah, so the people that are producing this content that now has Steamboat Willie or whatever, Winnie the Pooh or whatever character that is now public domain, um, they have to really they have to really have their legal aspects together and yeah. have all those ducks in a row and and yeah. have lawyers involved to make sure that that the the content that they're producing is is on the is mm-hmm. on the up and up in well, terms I, of
0: yeah i saw an interview uh, about this mickey mouse horror movie coming out uh, it was an interview with the director of the winnie the pooh blood and honey movie and he said my advice for the filmmakers is don't do it it's not worth it. Any money you make, you're going to lose defending yourself Mm -hmm. because Winnie the Pooh, that film, that horror movie they made, I think that got them in quite a bit of trouble. Um, One of the things that got some bad press was, I guess an elementary school teacher didn't realize it was a horror movie and played it for their class. I think they only got Mm -hmm. a little bit of the way into it and had to stop it, but you know, it's not uncommon that teachers will play a movie on like a slow Friday or before a holiday or something like that i guess they put on winnie the pooh blood and honey not realizing it was a slasher
5: They probably should have realized when the word blood was in the title
0: hmm is is eeyore okay uh i think it's interesting though this whole thing with content entering the public domain especially when it's something as um you know as visible and recognizable as mickey Mouse, that's a big deal
5: it is a big deal and it it's it's the novelty of a of a children's entertainment character uh performing violent acts and (laughs) just yeah i don't know it doesn't do it it doesn't interest me much but obviously there's enough interest out there for for people to do this so yeah certainly yeah we'll see what happens
0: let's play another voice memo then get to the next story this is this isn't a correction but it's another layer to the DoorDash crash we heard about last week you remember we talked about the Dasher slamming into the house you know 50 to thousand dollars of damage DoorDash Mm, is not 60 kilometers
5: an hour down the driveway yeah
0: I I think the story we heard last week took place in Ontario if my memory serves me but it happened again I think prior actually and it happened Just in your backyard. We received a call from Terry in Cape Breton from Sydney. She had a similar experience. Listen to this.
2: I was just listening to the story about the DoorDash crash, and I had to touch base with you to let you know that the same thing happened to me here in Sydney. It wasn't my garage, it was my car which was parked on the street in front of my house and my neighbor ordered DoorDash and the dasher who dropped the food off backed out of their driveway and right into my car, damaging the whole driver's side. And to make matters worse, they left the scene. So my neighbor and I contacted DoorDash but they weren't very much help They told me to settle it with the Dasher, who was long gone at this point. Um, I ended up filing a police report and putting it through my insurance, and my car was gone for what felt like forever getting repairs. My DoorDash crash wasn't as expensive as the garage, but it was still a huge headache to deal with. Uh, Maybe it happens more often than we think. Anyway, I hope that DoorDasher has the day he deserves, and keep it weird, you two. See ya.
0: I'm sorry to hear that that happened, but your delivery of the story made me chuckle,
5: yeah. At least in the situation that we think it's in Ontario from last from last uh, last week, um they got. They got their garage damaged, but the food was still delivered.
0: <laughs> that must have—I never thought about that. in last week's episode, that must have, or last week's story, that must have been a really awkward moment when he slams into the house and gets out, and in the middle of dealing with like, "What did you do to our house?" He's like, "Well, here's the food you ordered, and yeah, it's cold." <laughs> it's all spilt uh yeah she doesn't get anything out of it he just backs out of her neighbor's place and hits her car that sucks and then to leave there's no way you don't he probably had other things to deliver and that's why he left because you know whenever I hear people backing into something and driving off I'm like BS you didn't know you hit something
5: yeah I remember at one point in time I was driving with my mother she was backing out of a driveway and there was a car parked on the other side of the street and she had backed into the into the car on the uh. other side of the street accidentally, and I was like, "Oh!" And then she's like, "What do I do?" And I'm like, "Well, what do you mean?" She's like, "Well, it, I'm I'm just gonna gonna leave." <laughs> and I was like, "Ah!" Uh. Then she was like looking at me, like realizing that if if I wasn't in the car, she would have just oh, left. God. But then she realized that she had, because I was with her, she had to go up Either,
0: either kill you and leave mm. or say something. She had a witness.
5: Yeah, that's right.
0: Um, Terry, I'm so sorry to hear that this happened. I get, uh, like, it's the insurance will cover it and all that stuff. Um, but it's such a pain in the butt. i bet actually, the insurance probably made her get, like, quotes from two different places. She had to deal with picking up a rental car. It's winter, and the rental car probably didn't have winter tires. And... Yeah, it sucks um, when someone messes with your car and leaves, and it's a door dasher. And then you listen to a podcast and it's happening somewhere else. That sucks. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, You know what else sucks? When your license plate almost gets you killed.
5: Yeah, yeah. It's never happened to me, but I'm sure it's happened to many people.
0: This next story we're going to get into is a roller coaster. I never knew that I had to be careful of the license plate on my car and that my license plate or the license plate on my car could lead to me being shot and killed by police. (laughs) I'm going to, we'll tell this in kind of in, in two separate, in via two separate stories, but in short, a series of news pieces coming out of Alberta serve as a, as a powerful cautionary tale. I've heard of license plates being stolen, like having a license plate stolen off your car. I never really understood why someone would do that, but I understand the concept of people are stealing license plate license plates, but I never heard about license plates that are stolen being put on someone else's car. And that's what got in the news in Alberta. Let's listen to this story and then we'll talk about it a bit more.
3: This security device is meant to catch any suspicious activity. But unfortunately, it wasn't recording when Emanuela Anye needed it to catch a criminal on camera.
2: I was shocked. I was taken aback.
3: Anye says she was out shopping last Friday when she happened to glance at her license plate. She didn't recognize the seven red digits because they weren't hers. She immediately went to police. They said the vehicle was stolen the week prior. So it's been reported
2: stolen for a while. So, like, I bet they've been driving with my plates for a while as well.
3: She heard about other plates being stolen around the Evanston neighborhood through an app called Nextdoor. And it was the comments that shook her more than the swap.
2: Very scary because I heard in the comments people have been pulled over at gunpoint. And like, I'm just glad that didn't happen to me, but it would, it could have been very scary.
3: Dominic Shamoon with AMA says the company works closely with police and knows this is an issue of concern. He says unknowingly driving with a stolen plate can create a potential encounter with law
6: enforcement. When they see a vehicle that has a license plate that's been reported as stolen, uh, they they have to think that that vehicle itself is probably stolen, and they have to approach those incidents with, you know, an increased level of, of caution.
3: Anya says the camera outside her home is now recording, and she's taking the necessary precautions. Like, at least
2: it was just $28 in my life. Um, but yeah, just checking my plates. Checking my plates regularly, checking next door app regularly.
0: <laughs> so it's getting interesting here. So, just to give some more context that news clip we just heard is telling the story of a december 29th interaction just a little over a week ago or a december 29th incident is when this happened to miss anye she's going to a grocery store or whatever it is coming out she realizes the license plate on her car does not look familiar i don't think i would notice it in my case if the wrong plate was on my car i never look at my license plate i couldn't even tell you right now what my license plate is Number. No, me either. I got a new one
5: somewhat recently, like maybe about seven or eight months ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I I can never remember it. Even the one I had before that, I could never remember. So, and, I, and it's not something I I notice it, but I I don't. I think I probably would notice if it maybe. was. If it was very different
0: yeah yeah certainly if it was a different province or something but anyway she noticed it and she went to the police to say you know this is what's going on uh they told her and they've informed her that the plate that was on her car was a register or associated with a vehicle that was reported as to be stolen. And it seems like she got lucky because as you heard in that news clip, you know, if a police had to run her tags or something, they maybe thought the vehicle was stolen and there could have been a bad incident. So that news clip that we just heard from a December 29th incident was being broadcast almost to tell people like, you know, this can happen and it can be a concern, you know, watch out, you know, about the plate on your car. But here's where it gets interesting. Just three days later, on January tw- on January 2nd, also in Calgary, where Miss Anya is, it happened again and kind of the situation she was trying to warn us about is what happened to another man named Trevor Manty, who was driving with his teenage daughter. Listen to his story from only three days later. Terrifying
4: situation like un- unbelievably. Terrifying.
1: Nerves still rattled, Trevor Manti hasn't slept in days since the trip to see his parents in central Alberta with his teenage daughter took a sudden turn on a secondary highway near Sylvan Lake.
4: I don't know where there was a spike strip. Yanked across the highway in front of us and hammered on the brakes. I stopped about, I don't know, two or three feet just before it and didn't pop my tires. So got lucky there, but uh, looked to my right and there was a police officer. Out that window with a gun drawn on me and my daughter telling us to put our hands in the air, and we had no idea what was going on.
0: This
1: was traumatizing. Manti and his daughter say they were handcuffed, forced to lie on the ground while they were patted down and told they were under arrest for possession of stolen property.
7: There was dogs, there was guns, there was cops everywhere. They closed off the whole highway.
4: I don't know if you guys have ever had a gun pointed on you, but it's not a not a great feeling.
7: But after a few
1: minutes, it became clear.
4: My hands up on the driver's side of my truck. And uh, as I got to the back of my truck, I looked over and said, that's not my license plate.
1: Manti believes his legal plate was swapped with one from a stolen vehicle. The situation quickly diffused, and after a trip to the registry office, the Mantis were released without charges and back on their way, reeling from the experience.
4: This can't happen to people. If my daughter was driving, there's a good possibility we could have been on the roof in the ditch.
1: Pulled a spike strip out on a potentially stolen vehicle and pointed a gun at a 15-year-old girl. But RCMP say the reaction to situations like this are warranted when criminals are behind the wheel. Stolen vehicles,
5: as you know, um, often uh, fail to stop for us. And we're trying to stop dangerous uh, driving, dangerous pursuits from taking place that might risk other users of the road
1: and the public. Trevor Manti is now checking his plates before he gets in his vehicle, and he's warning others to do the same.
0: I mm. could end it badly, eh?
5: Oh, it's it did end badly. Yeah, it, well, it <laughs> well, could like have I ended really, worse. It's, it could, I guess, it could have been worse. Someone could have been shot or whatever. Well, uh, could it, have happened there. But. It
0: reminds me a bit of the whole swatting thing, like when you when you like call in like a fake uh, threat to the police to get the SWAT team to show up at somebody's house you know like uh, you know you've heard of swatting i'm sure but it's just like if you're this guy driving a ca- your car you have no idea that you have a weird plate and they think your vehicle's stolen the police pull you over with guns drawn you're going to be so confused and weird about the whole thing that you're going to probably look a little nuts when you get out of your car anyway when they pull you over like you just would be reacting to it weird um it only takes one bad move or one weird thing that you do and a cop can flick shoot their gun at you or the the whole thing where they threw out the um that spike belt thing across the road if he had have hit that who knows what would have happened because it's not like you just slowly roll to a stop after that
5: I'm wondering if they're considering suing uh the RCMP was it the RCMP yeah it was the RCMP
0: but that that's the other point of this though like if they did sue like the rcmp they also need to be careful if they think if they're pulling over what they think is a stolen vehicle um to have your gun drawn maybe isn't a bad idea i don't know if the spike belt is is necessary though maybe try to pull them over first and if they don't stop then throw out the spike belt but to, for that to be your first line of offense i guess of pulling over a suspected stolen yeah it seemed
5: it seemed like it was it was right out the gate with spike belts and guns and yeah and excessive yeah. force it seemed. Uh, it. So to me that sounds extreme, but yeah, I don't I don't know the exact protocols, but I'm wondering, like when they ran the plates before they, you know once they determined that that vehicle was potentially stolen,
0: yeah. Like they saw the plate the and they put it in some car com- that came up. Yeah. Like they have computers or whatever in their car yeah, or they they're put talking it their, their to
5: database someone. or whatever. And they, they run the plates and it's like, you know, 2014 Honda civic or whatever the car was. Did it, did it match closely? Like,
0: like, Oh, looks like this truck is a stolen car.
5: Yeah. So when they're stealing the plates and, and they're putting, you know, the stolen plates and they're taking the other ones off, are they only putting them on vehicles that match the model and similar year and color Uh, to ones that they stole the plates off of? Like I doubt it's getting that detailed. So when the cops run the plates, I
0: doubt it's an exact match of the vehicle. Maybe like, let's say you have a stole. Okay. And there's a few elements to this. I want and layers to this. I want to get into. Um, If you have a stolen Honda civic and you want to, avoid detection or whatever swapping the plates will make it. So when the police run your tags, it's, you know, it's not going to show up as a stolen car, but if it shows up as the wrong model that may get the cops to pull you over. So it wouldn't make sense to steal a plate from a matching vehicle. That way the chance of getting pulled over is way less. So it would kind of make sense if you were going to swap the plates, do it with the same model. But what I'm thinking is, why swap the plates? Why not just take that other plate and put it on your car? Why take the time? Like, you know, if you're committing a crime, you don't want to get caught in the act. You want to do it as quick as possible and get out. So if you're going to steal a license plate off of someone's car in their driveway, it's a lot quicker to just screw unscrew the old license plate, take it and get out of there. than it is to like take off the old license plate and then reinstall your stolen license plate. Why go, through that trouble
5: i guess to not
0: arise any suspicion mm, I get, that
5: something has occurred
0: so yeah if because with these people if they realize it was no plate on their car that would stand out
5: yeah and they would call the police and then there'd be an investigation of some sort so that's going to get the, so it does buy them a lot more time.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. If you swap the, pl- if you just steal their plate, maybe you get one day of use out of it. If mm. you swap the plates, you could get, you could get a week, you could get two weeks. I'd never notice. I'm you sure. Could,
5: yeah. You could get a month. I don't know, but it's definitely going to buy you a lot more okay. time than it is if you didn't
0: replace the plate. Okay. That makes more sense. When I was first reading this I'm thinking like, why would they be doing that? But yeah, when, as we talked it out, you convinced me that that's the way to go. If I'm ever well, let's
5: start doing that then you and I,
0: uh,
5: I'm too busy to
0: steal a car. You're too busy. Oh, sorry. And I love my car. I don't want to waste your time. No, I have a great car and I wouldn't want another one. Yeah. Yeah. It may seem weird to say, but I'm defensive about my car. Cause my car for all intents of purposes is a piece of crap. But uh, I love the car and I will never replace it, Mm -hmm. unless it like absolutely dies on the side of the road, which someday it may.
5: Well, it sounds like we've decided who's closer to perfection now. We don't need the listeners to weigh in on this.
0: You've announced- You have a great car.
5: Yeah, yeah. You've announced that you are as close to perfection as a human being can get.
0: Long story short, uh, your license plate can get you killed. If you live in Calgary, Maybe take a look at your license plate because two stories in the news about stolen plates, at least one of the, with one of them ending in police almost shooting a teenage girl and her dad uh, related to stolen license plates. Yeah, just take a look at it. Keep an eye out. Before we have a short break, let's hear another voice memo from a listener. You remember last week we talked about thousands of dollars of stolen butter and that product called G-H-E-E. Yeah, yeah. Ghee. We called out to listeners saying, if you have any idea, if you know anything about baking, maybe you have a better theory on what's going on with this stolen butter. Uh, we did receive some information. This is Sarah's stolen butter theory.
3: Hey, Jordan
7: and Erin, It's Sarah from Georgia. And just listen to the
1: episode about the butter thieves. And my best guess is it's a bakery. You know,
0: I made the butter tarts after that butter tart the last year and To make a dozen butter tarts is, I think, two sticks of butter is what I used. But I'm thinking, like, if I bake a cake that requires icing, I usually use about four or five sticks of butter. So if I was a bakery, I mean, think about how many cakes and butter tarts they might make a day. That could end up being a lot of butter. So it would be very worthwhile for a bakery to steal the butter. Anyway, hope you guys Happy New Year and keep Canada weird. Bye what was
5: playing in the background
0: hey, that's what I was gonna say she has some odd it sounded like yodeling yeah. and I could also hear in the background like kind of like like a slapping thing in my mind she is like kneading dough
3: yeah yeah With
0: yodel music playing in the background somewhere in Arizona she's
5: making strudel
0: <laughs> uh it's she has she makes a good point though if you're gonna start looking for stolen butter who uses more butter than a bakery
5: I agree. That's an interesting idea. However, imagine a bakery stealing from a local grocery store to get their butter and then getting caught and then being the bakery that steals butter. Like, how do you even function Mm. as a business after that?
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's a real, like, hail Mary move if maybe saving the bakery that's going out of business because. I don't know, Walmart is selling baked goods for cheaper than you can possibly put them out. So you're going into Walmarts and similar places, Mm -hmm. stealing butter, so you can cut costs. I don't know. Time is tough. Times are tough. Like the price of material is skyrocketing. You gotta go to a restaurant nowadays. It's not even a like even like kind of like a family restaurant, like a middle of the road restaurant. You pay like $24 for a meal each, where I feel like just seven years ago you'd be paying like 14 dollars each like the price of everything has skyrocketed
5: yeah and apparently butter is at the top of the list
0: uh i don't know i i agree with her i think an investigation into this case would um be wrong not to include knocking on the doors of some local bakeries and you might we come look around in here it's
5: worth a knock i do agree uh i don't believe it was a local bakery However, it's worth a knock. You never know. Maybe, maybe it was a rogue employee of a local bakery. So maybe their boss mm. was complaining, like, "Oh, I'm, you know, our expenses are really rising, our profits are lowering because butter is so expensive." And this employee really wanted to to look good in the yep. eyes of their employer, mm. so they or took it upon th- themselves to go and steal the thousand dollars worth of butter and be like, "Here." you know i made this butter myself you can hear
0: (laughs) uh it could have been one of those situations like you know it's uh i've owned this it's a family bakery it's been in business for 50 years the employee um who loves their job hears the owner of the bakery talking to his wife or something like i think it's time we sell the bakery honey it's just not what it used to be you know we're uh, making pennies on the cinnamon rolls and this is their way of saving the farm so to speak Mm -hmm. i don't know
5: yeah maybe Uh, i think we should cast cast suspicion on all bakers in that area and arrest mm -hmm. them first and then find the truth later
0: sorry to pull you out of the episode but i want to take a moment and get you hip on how you can fully embrace your role as a member of the keep canada weird army Did you know we have a Facebook group where weird news stories are shared and discussed? If that sounds like something you'd like to take part in, you can find a link to the group in this episode's description, or just search Keep Canada Weird on Facebook. And also, did you know that there's more to our weird work than this weekly episode? Aaron and I also release a series called Keep Canada Weird Remembers. This series is a bit different as it involves us traveling back through time to explore odd Canadian happenings, and we take you with us via bite-sized episodes that range from 8 to 15 minutes. These short time-traveling episodes are released on the Nighttime Podcast's premium feed, as well as on the standalone Keep Canada Weird podcast feed. In the upcoming Keep Canada Weird Remembers episode, we're going to travel back to the late 90s, when a Halifax High School had the ridiculous idea to hold Cow Patty Bingo. Basically, it's a game in which a cow is released on the school's sports field and students make bets on where the cow will, well, first do its business. As you can imagine, the whole thing goes horribly wrong.
3: Okay, we just, we just tranquilize the cow now. Can I go? Hey,
0: he's been tranquilized. He's just gonna drop, he's just gonna drop. The story of Charles P. Allen's cow patty bingo chaos will be released shortly on the nighttime podcast premium feed and the Keep Canada Weird podcast feed. I hope you check it out. Let's get back to the episode. Suspicion is something you said. Arrest is a word you just said. All of these things uh, are swirled up in this next story. So let me take you back, not to last week's episode, but I think maybe, or maybe it was last week. You remember we talked... About and you remember we've been buying airfare, buying plane tickets, and all this stuff where we're planning on making a trip to the United States to begin an investigation into America being weird. You know we've been planning this, and it again, it all is associated with an anonymous donation from a listener.
5: Yeah, clearly that's right. you know what I'm
0: talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the reaction to that has been mixed. There has been listeners who say, "Yes, this is great news." You can finally investigate stories in America, which is a crazy place. And, you know, it's going to be fascinating to listen to. I've also heard of people saying, like, are you sure this is a good idea? Americans have a history of taking over and destroying things. Like, do you want to open your door of your sacred podcast to American stories? I've heard from one listener who says, like, this anonymous donor who is paying for you guys to go down to the the United States to, investigate the story. It's like, what do they have to gain from it? Who are they? Do they have ill intention? And that just led me to like, you know, I have all these thoughts, like, is this the right thing for you and I to do? Is it safe for you and I to go down there? So I did what a podcaster would do. I went, I opened Google and I typed in America news. And the first thing that came up was a recent news story about a woman in Townsend, Massachusetts that was just charged with attempted murder in a bizarre case relating to the poisoning of her 73-year-old husband. In this story in Townsend, Massachusetts, this is not far from Canada. This is just beyond the New Brunswick border. Uh, In hearing the story, I'm kind of questioning, is this the right kind of weird for you and I? Mm -hmm. So let's test the waters. We're not going down there to investigate it but let's listen to the story, see what we think about this, all right? Okay.
6: I didn't poison him. As she stood in the doorway of the house on Ash Street where she's under investigation for feeding her husband poisoned soup in early December, Roxanne Doucette tearfully denied it.
2: I've never ever tried to poison him in any way whatsoever. I love him very, very much and I would never try to kill anyone.
6: She claims the soup was simply old, but things took a bizarre turn hours later when she called 911 and her 73 year old husband Paul was rushed to the hospital. That's where the couple was met by their daughter who was suspicious and began to examine her mom's phone. According to court documents, there are messages on that phone from a scammer claiming to be a soap opera star who wanted to hook up with her with one message saying, quote, you have to get rid of your husband, honey. I need." you so much. Um, It was a scam, but court documents say she eventually wrote back, quote, making an amazing soup, special potion. Maybe I could collect life insurance. Her 73-year-old husband was barely conscious when first taken to the hospital, but survived. And while acknowledging it's the talk of the town, the Townsend Police Chief is urging against any rush to judgment.
3: I just tell everybody to just kind of take a step back,
5: take a deep breath, think things through before you spread things or before you, you know, you think you know what's going on. Sometimes it's a little bit more complex than it seems.
6: A limited toxicology test on Paul Doucette came back negative, but Roxanne is now under court order to stay away from him. I just want him to come home. I just love him so much.
0: (laughs) Uh, America does have a unique Mm -hmm. flavor of weirdness, Aaron. (laughs) Yeah, flavor is the key word here. uh, That just came out accidentally. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Where do you start with that?
5: Well, this story could have started and finished with one simple act that this woman could have done. So when you start engaging with someone online... And they're claiming to be a soap opera star who wants to hook up with you. Before you make any rash decisions or rush to any judgments or starts making any drastic changes in your life, look in the mirror and ask yourself, would a soap opera star have sex with me? <laughs> And if the answer is no, then
0: don't, don't poison your husband. Your husband. <laughs> uh yeah, that, that would have stopped it. There's certainly more to this story if the da- like if this is all going on, the father, the 73-year-old father's sick in the hospital and the mom's there, if the daughter's instinct is to go through mom's phone to see what's going on, you know, there's there's there ha- there's a lot more to this, certainly. Yeah. This and the cop kind of alludes to that at the end.
5: This story had started long before this alleged soup poisoning.
0: Yeah. And and then the other thing is, it turns out it doesn't even seem to be poisoned. Like he was sick to the point of going to the hospital, but the toxicology results or whatever didn't show any illicit substance in his body. And she just claims, I don't think this came out in the news clip, but she claims in her defense that the soup was just really old. So he, he just had... Like, intense food poisoning, I Mm -hmm. guess?
5: But the police are probably trying to determine, like, no, she didn't use a poison, but did she serve him the soup knowing it was old and that it could potentially kill him? mm, And then that would be uh, a clean way for her to get away with it, to get away with murder in in the sense of, yes, I served him the soup. I didn't know that it was old or that it would hurt him. And then, it, and then it did so that maybe they're trying to establish that intent.
0: Yeah, well, that could be interesting if you poison someone with food with just your typical food poisoning because the food was a little old and they're 73. Like that could kill them and it wouldn't show up on a toxicology report as, you know, they had whatever this drug is inside them or something. So it could be kind of like a, um, uh, it, you know, a well thought out, well planned murder. But I, I think the type of person who is willing to stand on her front doorstep and address the attempted at murder charges against her with the local news is probably not the same person who can plan like this uh, brilliant crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um this is a weird story.
5: It is a weird story. Um well, but I I wish we could have had some footage of the daughter. I'd like to get a sense
0: of who the daughter is oh, as a character. Oh, that, that daughter has a story to tell. I guarantee it. Imagine finding that on your mom's phone, like, "Mom, this soap opera star. What did like? <laughs> and what was it? It was just like a Facebook message or something, maybe from like this fake fan account. And who is behind that? That's trying to get this random person to kill her husband.
5: And it's again, this woman, you know, this soap opera star. I assume is. An attractive person. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. It's
0: and this, this or...
5: old woman, like, what does she think is go- really going on here? Like, I know scams tend to target the elderly a lot, but. My God, Yeah, like... but
0: people can be convinced like some people are just gullible and easy to trick think there's here in Canada. We have like a group of like, I don't know, thousands of people who believe this random lady in an abandoned schoolhouse in Saskatchewan is actually the queen of Canada and they don't need to pay their bills and their houses are getting taken away and all this stuff um, you can trick people and it doesn't seem to take much. I have a feeling she was just tricked. She refers to it as a scam we hear in the news report like this message was just a scam I think a scam would imply that there's like kind of money being taken and like a fraud aspect to it but I don't know if that's what's going on here it just seems like someone is screwing with
5: it It could be a long-term game from the scammer where uh life insurance you know situation uh when the payout comes you know uh, you can send me some money fly me to you or whatever I'm sure there's a number of ways they could spin it
0: maybe but if you're a scam like let's say you're a call center somewhere on the other side of the world and what you do is call Americans and convince them that you're a soap opera star that wants to live with them and you need to talk them into killing their husband collecting life insurance and splitting it with you that you know what is <laughs> how many of those are you going to get you wouldn't make it would be way easier to be like this is your credit card company give us your credit card number that that scam like if that was the scam they were trying to do to collect part of a life insurance that's just way too much work. Can't
5: well, maybe there's divisions though in these scamming call centers where one division is short-term scams and another mm-hmm. division
0: is is bigger ticket long-term scams. Yeah. Okay. Because if that was your job, yeah, yeah, to be evil, but. Because you're not really know, doing <laughs> a lot of
5: work, really. No, it doesn't sound like this particular scam is a lot of work per se. You're just sending a you... few messages a day to some lonely older woman, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's not really that much work. It sounds like this woman was pretty gullible. So
0: I like calling it easy to be tricked. Mm-hmm. I know that's the same thing, but I think it's like. There are people where I meet them, and the way I would describe them is like, that's someone that would be easy to trick. Yeah. This lady appears to be easy to trick. I feel like, I don't know, just the the appearance of her standing on her doorstep, being like, I love him. I just want him to come home. Mm -hmm. If I was him, you 73 year old husband, stay the hell away from that host. Don't ever go back. Yeah. And
5: I wish we had comment. Well, I mean, he's, she's not allowed around him now. You know, what is he thinking? What does he believe? Does he believe his wife is capable of this?
0: Oh, this is not the first crazy thing this woman did.
5: Yeah. I don't know. We He's... There's a lot we don't know in this. Like, a, like yeah. a lot of the stories that we talk about on this show, there's so much that we don't know. And with this one, I have so many questions and, and there's so
0: many other characters to meet in this story. If we do an episode you know, once a month or so exploring American stories, is this the crap we're going to be dealing with?
5: Oh, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg.
0: Damn it! That's what we're
5: getting into. So I think I think you know maybe once a month to maybe have a an episode where we just lightly peek into America, just you know
0: Uh slowly moving the the curtain across our face. Yeah, yeah. And then we shut it and be like, oh oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Um, All right, this is an interesting story. People in towns in Massachusetts. Uh, if you live near her, I'd maybe consider moving Or at the um, very
5: least don't eat her soup and if she's at the church bake sale, don't buy her brownies either. No, no, certainly not because they're all Uh, old.
0: Well, let's start wrapping this up. We've been through a lot tonight. We've covered weird Canadian news. We covered a little bit of what makes American news so awful and weird. I think we've done our job. I think so. Anything else you want to say before we put a bow on this?
5: No, no, I have nothing else at all to say or contribute.
0: Okay. Handsome Aaron Airport, until next time. Jordan, until next time. The illusion of Mickey Mouse is about to be shattered, and I demand you watch that movie with me. And we do kind of a post show discussion about the movie when it comes out Mickey's Mousetrap. Okay. Yeah, I will do. And if you know the director, whether it's you, Aaron, or anyone listening, I'd love to talk to him. Get me in touch.
5: Okay, Jordan, until next time, when we do watch movies together, let's get sleeping bags and popcorn and order pizza
0: and then make some
5: prank phone calls.
0: I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird, but let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, please let us know about it. Or if you have any thoughts, feedback, opinions, or theories on any of the stories we discussed tonight, we wanna hear about that too. The best way to reach us is via a voice memo sent at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We're excited to hear from you. Now, before we part, let me end this with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout-out to the Internet's favorite cult leader, Unicol, who provides this series' intro and outro voiceovers. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to this show, as without your interest and your support, Nighttime would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the Premium feed. Samantha, Shauna, and Corey, thank you for going Premium. For anyone else out there who'd like to support the show, you can help us in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs just a couple dollars a month, and that funds the creation of the show, but it also gives you the episodes two days early, gives them to you ad-free, and gives you access to a full back catalog of episodes, including the Keep Canada Weird Remembers episodes. You can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still help the show grow by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. Your support is appreciated. Now until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird.
2: Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast.
5: And now to our viewers and listeners everywhere. Good
3: night.